I'm just watching this Eagles Super Bowl hype video really quick to get me pumped up for this episode. Oh, boy. And why can't we get, like, uh, smoke and fire and stuff when we enter the, the podcasting arena? Um, well, I don't know if your wife is going to allow that. And I'm pretty sure my lease won't allow that, so... I'm generally not trusted around uh, flammable materials, although I did operate uh, two different birthday candles within the last couple of weeks with no fires being started. <laughs> the fact that that's a rule in your house, I don't even want to ask how that even came to be. Well, Matt, it's like any rule. <laughs> Something happened first. <laughs> <laughs> two best of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real. Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. And welcome back in to the latest episode of the 2M Football Podcast. Mike and Matt here with you as always. Matt? Yeah? It's all come down to this. Oh, vacation? Thank God. So close, actually. Vacation from uh, podcasting, that is. I don't know about the situation with your day job, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're not even going to get into that. Soon there will be at least one less hour per week of uh, time booked in your calendar. But because, yes, we are now recording this Friday night, February 10th. So by the time we release it, we are just one day away from the biggest event on the NFL calendar. And as such, we only have one item on the agenda today. We're going to recap the Pro Bowl. Hell yeah. <laughs> Did you see Saquon Barkley get beamed in the head with a dodgeball? That was a penalty uh, back in my day of, of, in school. <laughs> no headshots. <laughs> uh, yeah, he probably suffered a concussion, too. I felt so terrible making the joke. It's like, man, <laughs> they wanted to make the Pro Bowl safe so that nobody would get hurt in a meaningless game. People are still out there getting concussions. <laughs> Oh, come on. Are you picked like next to football or any like major league sport per se? Then you pick dodgeball, which for us was like, oh, you're varsity football. Yeah. Well, are you dodgeball champion? <laughs> I mean, those things hurt. If you got the really like heavy duty rubber balls, they could do some damage. Well, yeah, because you had two choices. You had the crappy foam ones that you couldn't yes. put anything into, and then the right. rubber, like, kickballs that you used to dome people with. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and somebody thought, this is a good idea. I'm assuming for the pros, they only had the, the high-quality, high-grade ones. The ones that they kill each other with because you give them to people who can bench 500 pounds. Sick. Yeah, right. Hopefully Saquon's okay. But, no, for in, in all seriousness, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl today. It's our Super Bowl preview episode. We've got all the information you need to get ready for the big game. We're going to talk about the teams involved. We're going to eventually make some picks, predictions. No way. And stuff like that. You ready to get into it? Uh, sure. 
All right. So this year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl LVII or 57 for our non Romans. Uh, I was so proud of myself when I wrote that. I was like, this is funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately like, way to go. Thank you. You, you sound so enthusiastic about that. <laughs> <laughs> the team representing the NFC, we have the Philadelphia Eagles squaring off against the AFC champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're playing at State Farm Arena, home of the Cardinals. No way. <clears throat> On, of course, February 12th. The Eagles are one and a half point favorites. Halftime performers are headlined by Rihanna. And I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but they actually leaked the script already for the game, and it's 37 34 Eagles. All right. Well, I don't know why we're bothering to watch now because we know how this is going to play out. <laughs> Quick background story if you haven't been following this. Uh, Probably meme. the greatest meme thing so far to date. It's been really funny and uh entertaining to watch so i think it all started with arian foster of course former texans superstar running back uh on some some show he was doing talking about yeah he was on like a podcast or something yeah Mm -hmm. talking about how everything in the nfl is scripted um we get the script in that training camp in training camp he was saying that my god you're I almost said something that would make you have to bust out the sensor bar. Well, maybe I'm dumb because I watched it and like the way he his delivery when he's talking about that, he doesn't sound like he's joking. And at first I was like, is he being like, obviously I didn't believe what he was saying, but I'm like, is he really like saying this right now? But um, one of the other guys on the show kind of ruins it at the end of the clip because he said like, Arian, how did you feel when you got the script that your career was going to fall off a cliff in 2015? <laughs> and then they just start laughing. So I guess that could have been a clue that they were sort of joking around the whole time. But this clip, of well, course. that launched so many other things, like in the fact yeah. of like, there's the ones that are like when Deshaun Watson sees the script from three years ago. And it's like it plays like a, a, a was it a satirical clip on that one? Like these guys that have just been had careers derailed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it went viral, of course, the clip. And then there were so many incredible responses of, uh, from other NFL players about like, yeah, man, I was so mad when I read the script about tearing my Achilles in the preseason. Just it was so funny. And then, um, yeah. And then someone was joking about the script leaking for the Super Bowl and 37, 34 Eagles. But apparently people are betting on that. Like most of the bets that have come in on the scoreline for this game have been that scoreline if it really ends up that way that would be incredible for the conspiracy theorists out there yeah i'm uh i'm I'm excited to see how far this goes because it's not going anywhere anytime soon and it's actually been pretty hilarious it has been and actually going yeah and i think this was part of this was prompted by the end of the chiefs Bengals game too some shady or some seemingly odd officiating in that game um you could certainly interpret it in the way that the league wanted it to be the Chiefs winning or they were scripted to win that game. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Enough with the scripting. Let's script the uh, the high level story. All right, all right, let's get back <laughs> very good. The next bullet point on like the show <laughs> next bullet point on our script here. Yes. Very good. <laughs> uh, a couple high level. I'm an idiot every week. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop now. 
Maybe I'll give you some uh, character development for season four of the podcast. <laughs> well, I got news for you. That's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I'm the one who writes it, so oh. you'll do what you're told. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, before we do a deep dive on the Chiefs and the Eagles, a couple of fun, super, just high-level storylines. It's Andy Reid going up against the team that he Revenge coached. Revenge game. Yeah, revenge game. He coached the. He was head coach for the Eagles for 13 years, leading them to nine playoff berths, five NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl appearance, which they lost. So he never won the Super Bowl with the Eagles. What a crappy team! Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> now, of course, he's uh, the the Chiefs head coach. Been there for a number of years already. With is it just one Super Bowl so far? I should, uh, I, I re- think so. <laughs> yeah. So that's a fun angle. And it's also the very first Super Bowl with brothers playing against each other. We are of course, uh, the Kelsey Bowl. We had the Harbaugh Bowl of, between coaches a few years ago. A few years. It's like, like 10 years ago now, probably. I don't know. Yeah, dude, where have you been? I don't know. Just over here getting old, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Um, but yes, it, this is the Kelsey Bowl between Eagles offensive tackle Jason Kelsey and then, of course, Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs superstar tight end. So with that being said, let's talk a little bit about how these teams got to this position. They won and a lot of games. I mean, that they did. Very good. <laughs> Should we just stop the podcast there? <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's all over with. <clears throat> They won a lot of games, but only one of them can win this one. There you go. <laughs> the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl for the third time in the last four years after a 14-3 and season uh, in which they were the top seed in the AFC. Some people, possibly including us on this podcast, thought the rest of the division, the AFC West, might have caught up with them thanks to the addition of Russell Wilson and Denver. The Chargers having been on the brink of playoff contention for a while now, and even the even the Raiders bringing in Devontae Adams. Someone on this show might have even picked the team other than the Chiefs to win the division. Man, what an idiot. <laughs> Who would do that? This isn't a Super Bowl recap. This is how stupid did we call this stuff like I actually have been weeks I have, ago. I have a whole episode about how stupid we are. I actually went back. Uh, this is a little a little uh, teaser for an upcoming episode. I looked. I listened to our preseason predictions episode. Oh God! <laughs> where we picked division winners, playoff sleepers, NFL awards, all that stuff. Um, you actually did pick the Chiefs here oh, to win God. this division. I had picked the Chargers because I am way too invested in that team. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but I leave you to your own device. But anyway, uh, this uh, no one would end up challenging within the division because the Chiefs, they swept it. They were perfect 6-0 and against their division rivals. And this was all even after their surprise trade of Tyreek Hill in the offseason. They didn't want to... I don't want to diminish that, but like everyone, it felt like it was given the same amount of like attention when Green Bay traded away. Devonte Adams, and right. yet well, that, the yeah. offense still was full force firepower going in. It was almost incredible that if they lost, if they lost a step, it was such a small step that in the grand scheme, they lost no momentum. 
Yeah, and compare that to what happened in Green Bay this year. <laughs> um, but no, this is not another show we're going to talk about how, how depressing the Packers are. It always sneaks you'll, in. You'll find a way to bring it in. Don't worry. But just like Brett Favre, it's always going to come up somehow. Okay, John, man, calm down. But uh, yeah, as you alluded to, trading away Tyreek Hill did nothing to slow down this offense. In fact, Mahomes set a new career high for passing yards with 5,250, which also led the NFL. Um, and he also led the league in touchdown passes with 42. That's, a lot, of, that's the, a lot of damage. It's a lot. And even more, we're going to talk a lot about um, running quarterbacks in just a minute here when we get to the Eagles. But it might surprise yeah. you, it surprised me to look in the stats that Mahomes actually ran for 350 yards and four touchdowns on the ground during the season. Um. He might be doing less of that in this particular game, thanks to his ankle sprain. But still, the point is, uh, if he needs to get a first down, he's not afraid to go get it. But he, yes, right. he's going to be a little bit more conservative. Yep. So yeah, Chiefs' offense was as good as as ever that we've been used to seeing. The on the defensive side of the ball, they're a bit more uh, closer to league average in most statistics, but still has some playmakers there. Chris Jones. Defensive tackle had 16 and a half sacks. Uh, someone who became Joe Burrow's best friend. They sure had a lot of meetups in the backfield. Yeah, that sounds that sounds kind of weird. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got. Let's just say I, I can't even say it. No, no. Nope. He got a lot of penetration through that, that offensive line. Oh. See, Mike, this is where I go from I'm proud of you to I've never been more disappointed. <laughs> Always take it a step too far. Um, anyway. That's also, my job. I need you to stick to, you know, do what you do. Stay in your lane. Okay. I'm supposed to make the stupid remarks. All right, here we go. More stats. Uh, Legereus Sneed, their cornerback uh, for Kansas City, was also a star player this year with three interceptions. Is it bad whenever I see the last name Sneed, I think of Willie Sneed and that tight end gamble you made in fantasy football like three, four years ago where you were so confident in him and then you were so mad after like three weeks you traded him away and then he went in for like two touchdowns the next game? Oh, Willie Sneed was a receiver, wasn't he? But I'm sure what you're talking about actually happened because that's just how my fantasy seasons go. <laughs> but uh, yes, this guy, Legereus, his brother, just kidding, it's spelled differently. Uh, three interceptions, 108 tackles, and three forced fumbles, and three and a half sacks. So he does a lot of different things for this defense and uh, just a playmaker on that side of the ball. And uh, just in, in terms of their 2022 season as a whole, I feel like they kind of went under the radar a little bit this season. I don't know if it's just me. Uh, and of course, well, I think and, because and, that division had a lot more attention faced on, like, the only blip we initially got was the trade of Tyreek right. Hill. Yeah. But then you had the addition of Devontae Adams, the massive contract and trade for for Russell Wilson. And then the the what if that kind of garnered around the Chargers. Right. And so yeah. I think not necessarily under the radar, there was just a lot bigger news happening. The only thing yeah. that happened with the Chiefs was they got rid of Tyreek Hill. And that was like, okay, well, okay. And that was a shock. But then yeah, once the season started, it was just like, oh, you know, Ho-hum, Chiefs got another victory. And I looked back through their schedule. They had a lot of close games this year, not necessarily blowing opponents out of the water the way that we've seen before. Half of their, so seven out of their 14 wins were one-score games. Um, but then looking back, I 
maybe maybe I just wrote them off after their week three loss to the Colts. I think I had a quote. I think I said this earlier at some point in the season. Anyone who loses to the Colts clearly sucks. And I think I they, thought that was against the Lions, but was maybe, that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I I think it applies here. Or uh, let me rephrase that. <laughs> It was a it was a stunning loss. Let's just say that. And I was like, oh, these guys aren't for real. They lost to the Colts. You kidding me? But outside of that game, the only games that they lost were uh, to the Bills in Week Six, a close twenty-four to twenty defeat, and then to the Bengals in Week Thirteen, another close one, twenty-seven twenty-four. And since that Bengals loss, they're on a seven great seven-game win streak since then. Since that game, including avenging that loss um, by beating the Bengals a couple weeks ago in the AFC Championship game. Yep, yep. Finally breaking that streak. Yes, that was the first time. It's crazy. First time Mahomes has beaten Joe Burrow. And that's going to be a fun uh, rivalry, I think, for many years to come. Absolutely. Now, taking things over to the NFC, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, who were also the top seed in their conference, and with the same record, 14-3. and three. And uh, this this almost, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, because we all did expect improvement from Philly, and I wrote year two. I think this is actually Jalen Hurts' third year in the league, and uh, Nick Sirianni's second, if I'm not wrong about that, as head coach. I think that's, uh, that sounds right, but I don't know. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Well, this is one division that we both picked correctly in the preseason. I think Dallas was probably the favorite to win it. Uh, we both liked what we saw in um, Philadelphia. But that being said, I don't think many had them progressing this far and all the way to the, the biggest stage in the sport. No, there's there's making a jump in year two, and then there's, you know, you're in the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, and they've really been dominant on both sides of the ball this season. They had the third best scoring offense, averaging 28 points per game. A huge piece of that uh, was adding A.J. Brown in, in a stunning draft day trade last year. Right, because we uh, all knew that was on the board. That was in the script. Wild. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good uh, good plot twist there. And he was a huge difference maker. He, he had 1,500 yards receiving at 11 touchdowns. And I think he also paved the way for uh, their first-round pick from two years ago, Devontae Smith to also see a big increase in production with with another threat for opposing defenses to worry about. And he had his best year in the league with 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns of his own. They also had a great offensive line, good group of running backs, and not to mention... Well, Hurts uh, made that yeah. whole running back for, like, complete right. sense. Like there's mobile quarterbacks, but I I really do like the comparison to Michael Vick in this in this case of somebody who's just that mobile that can throw you through a loop. Yeah, and uh, we saw plenty of that in his first couple of years. What we hadn't necessarily seen was him um, being showing the same level of proficiency as a passer. But I think we did really see that this year. He's he's his all around game is much um, much stronger now. Yes. And it all adds up to an offensive juggernaut, and the stats bear that out. On the defensive side, they were also they were top 10 with the eighth-ranked scoring defense, allowing just 20 points a game. They had four players with 10 or more sacks. 
which is pretty incredible. And they were led by Hassan Reddick, who I think he was a free agent acquisition, who had 16 of his own, which was second best in the in the league. Maybe one of the best pickups for any team because he is a he's he's a wrecker on that line, and that's exactly what that defensive need. Yeah. To to really shore itself up. Yep, and then on the back end, they've got a pretty intimidating secondary, also full of guys that they acquired either in free agency or, or trade. Remember, they traded for Darius Slay from the Lions a few years ago. Bradbury and Gardner Johnson, CJ Gardner Johnson, were free agent acquisitions. And uh, Gardner Johnson had six picks, uh, which was tied for most in the league, with Slay and Bradbury three interceptions each. And so let's look at what they had to go through this regular season. They started out hot. They were the final undefeated team in the league. They were 8-0 before a surprising loss to the Washington Commanders. They did lose a couple more games late in the season when uh, Gardner Minshew was forced into action due to a shoulder injury to Jalen Hurts. But he was able to come back for Week 18. They won that game, and obviously their two playoff games uh, so far, have were won in no way they won their two do- playoff games dominant fashion as well. Yes, they did. Or did you know you can actually lose a game now and still get to the Super Bowl? <laughs> no. Um, thirty-eight to seven over the Giants, thirty-one to seven over the 49ers and Brock Purdy playing with no. And arm. not to take away anything from them, but that again is where so many people, and we're going to get to this later. Or we're about to get to that. I don't know. I don't read the notes. That's stupid. That the Eagles had arguably the easiest schedule in the league. And if you look at what happened in the postseason, they played the Giants for the third time, which the Giants were a surprising contender. Congratulations to Brian Dable for winning coach of the year. Yes. Um, Much, much deserved for what he's done with Daniel Jones in that offense. Um, arguably putting him in a pretty big predicament because they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Sure is. But then I feel like if Brock Purdy would have been able to play through that game, we would have had a very different outcome. You know, they almost went through every quarterback down to the point that Christian McCaffrey would have taken a snap under center, and the Eagles pulled out that victory against a very destructive 49ers defensive line. Right. So... They haven't really struggled even in the postseason. This is going to be the best test. And arguably, you could argue that's the way it should be, right? The Super Bowl is supposed to be the best teams. Mm-hmm. But the yep. Chiefs had a much bigger battle to get to this point yeah. than the Eagles have. And to me, it it doesn't have the same confidence in them that I do have in them in the uh, in the Chiefs. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying there. And we will uh, talk more about that in just a minute. So let's get into a couple of our key storylines or key matchups we'll be watching uh, in the big game here. And the first one I wrote down, the first thing that came to my mind was the Eagles defensive line versus the Chiefs offensive line. And we've already talked about how overwhelming uh, this, this D line was for Philly all year. They had, uh, just to throw a couple more numbers at you, they, they had 70 sacks on the season, which was That's 15, a lot of damage. Which was, yeah, which was 15 more than the second place team, which was ironically the Chiefs. And uh, in, in terms of the Chiefs and, and their offensive line and protecting Mahomes, they only allowed 26 sacks all year, which was third third fewest. That's actually not, that's not that bad. 
Yeah, I mean, that's averaging just over, what, one one per game, right? Like one and a half sacks per game. Yeah. And, um, but one note I just want to make on that is that it's not just on the offensive line, right? You could argue almost equal, there's equal uh, a burden for avoiding sacks on the quarterback, right? <clears throat> we talk about good offensive lines, and of course that's a factor, but uh, the quarterback has to know you know, where's the hot route? Where's he going with the ball if, if he doesn't have time? Well, and I think there's another, like, you can also view some of the sacks in the same way you can view certain penalties. Like, sometimes the quarterback takes the sack simply to keep the clock running. Like, it's a situational sack, sort of like you'll take either a delay a game or some type of penalty uh, in order for a strategic advantage. Sure, yeah, that's fair. And uh, but but just in terms of Mahomes and his ability to avoid getting sacked, it might be slightly hampered, maybe a little bit less than 100 percent of his usual mobility just in with his uh, sprained ankle that he suffered just three weeks ago in that uh, divisional round game. He seemed pretty fine against Cincinnati, but they the Eagles pass rush is a very different beast uh, to the Bengals. Let's just say that. Yep, absolutely. And I want to look, this is going to happen live because I didn't write anything down, but I do want to look more into the the schedules like you talked about. Uh, so I, I know I one, a few things of note, like the Eagles, like some of the key things people talk about for the Eagles, they played the Giants three times. Right, um, including the postseason. They played, yeah. they played, like I liked how you put it, an, an armless Brock Purdy, right? Like Purdy. <laughs> yeah. And almost like San Francisco's reserve of reserve backups in the postseason. They played, you know, Chicago or the NFC North in general, other than the Vikings. But look at the Philly beat the Vikings win in prime time. Yeah. Um, uh, Chicago is is getting better, but is still the Chicago team that we like to hate on here in Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay, speaking of, we said we wouldn't bring it up and here we are. Um <laughs> Green Bay just in a down year, like a very much trying to find their footing. Type hey, I, of just situation. Say, I just want to say that Green Bay game was uh, when Jordan Love almost made the comeback. Anyway, moving on. You know, who the and then they also played the the AFC South, which is you know right. the Colts, well, and the Texans. We just we talked about the Colts uh, upsetting the Chiefs. You know who didn't lose to the Colts? The Eagles. That's right. <laughs> Um, so they played the, you know, the AFC South and the NFC North, two divisions that were just primed to not do well. Um, yeah. So, you know, with that being eight of those games right there, that was, you know, it's, it's, you can't compare to what the Chiefs have gone through. Yeah, totally. Just their own division was kind of, I know they swept it in the end, you know, the Chiefs did, but their own division was more of a gauntlet than the, than the Eagles faced. And then just playing a little fast and loose with the standings here because I don't quite remember. But uh, I'm pretty sure the only teams they played that had a winning record on the season were the Vikings, who they beat, um, Dallas, who they split the season series, although one of the, the game they lost was with Mahomes. And then the Giants. So they only played like three or four teams that had a winning record. And so, of course, they did what good teams should do against lesser opposition. They they dominated them. But I think the point remains then that they are less battle tested than the Chiefs, who have 
um, been through a lot of close games. And I don't want to sound like I'm undermining like what the Eagles can accomplish because their offense is very potent. Their defense is rack, you know, is being able to wreck games. But I just you can't. I feel like you're not you're comparing apples to oranges. Yes, they're both fruit, but they're very different kinds. Yep. Um, and I guess this kind of goes into, or it's tangentially related to this next point I had, where the Chiefs are a much more experienced playoff team in recent years than the Eagles are. The Chiefs have been, it's been eight years in a row now that Kansas City has made the postseason with three Super Bowl appearances in the last four years, uh, including, you know, this one coming up. So, and they have, I would say, without looking at the rosters in too much detail, a, a more cohesive team over that time compared to the Eagles, who won the Super Bowl back in 2017. And I feel like they've overhauled almost the entire roster since then. That was with Doug Peterson as coach, Foles and Wentz were the quarterbacks on that team. Guys like Alshon Jeffrey, you know, relics at this point. Relics. And, and since that uh, Super Bowl win, over the next four seasons, they were just one and three in the playoffs. And during which time, yeah, they fired Peterson, hired Nick Sirianni, drafted Jalen Hurts, drafted Devontae Smith, um, traded for A.J. Brown, obviously, more recently, brought in all these free agents. So it's it's just a much different team. They've gone through a lot of uh, churn in the roster, which is good. I mean, look what it's brought them to. But the point They I'm clearly to, made the right moves, no matter what everyone else thought. They did, and the but the the only point I'm trying to make with that is they're experiencing some of this for the first time. You know, a lot of rookies have never been in the playoffs, even, and uh, even a lot of the veterans on the team. This will be their first Super Bowl, so I just want to point out the discrepancy there between them and the Chiefs, who have had more uh, cohesion over the last few years and uh, more players who have been together and have been through all this before. And that could uh, play a factor. Could You could argue, based on that, that the Chiefs will be more mentally prepared for the moment, and, and it won't be too big for them. Absolutely. One more key storyline. Matt, tell us about, key storyline. Tell us about the curse of the, the Rocky statue. All right. So apparently there were posts going around social media from Philly where – for those of you who don't know, there is a giant statue of the Philly idol and local hero. You know him. You love him. Rocky Balboa. Or just Sylvester Stallone, I guess, is really one way to look at it. Which makes it weirder, I guess. Um, but there were pictures of, because it's such an icon, apparently opposing, I can only assume opposing teams. And you brought up a good question about... It must have started point. that way, I'm assuming, with opposing teams, yeah. Um, kind of like taunting that by putting their team's jersey on the statue. And every team in the postseason, at least, or at least that's the pictures they showed, they lost. Dun, dun, like there was dun, one with dun. the Giants one. There was one with, you know, um, with the 49ers jersey. And both of them, they got destroyed by the Eagles. And so the latest picture circulating was one of, you can guess it, a Chiefs jersey, um, which I didn't realize that there was that other thing where you mentioned is like, well, who would have done it? Is it the yeah. Eagles fans trying to like 
continue the curse in hopes that it yeah it it breaks their will or is it a chiefs fan that's getting really cocky like oh we're gonna be the ones to break it right and that's so funny i didn't even i hadn't heard about this curse so when i saw that headline or that comment made it was like oh what which team's fan would have put that on i'm like why would an eagles fan put a chiefs jersey on the stage but that makes a lot of sense now going for the curse so who knows if it will have a uh uh, a subliminal effect <laughs> on the Chiefs players because now they're going to have to think, what if they're cursed? All right. So all that being said, Matt, I'm going to have you go first. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? And we know it's not either the Bills or the Packers or the um, Sorry, who, I'm blanking now. I just wrote it down. I just listened to that episode. <clears throat> Our preseason picks were mine was Bills Packers, and yours was Bills Buccaneers. That's what it was. So we know it's neither, it's none of those teams. So I picked the Buccaneers. Oh my god! You picked yeah, you picked Bills Bucks and uh, the Bills. What to the win. hell was I and, thinking? Well, hold on though. You got because you got one part right. You said Bills would beat the Bucks and then Brady would retire. Oh, did I? That part's happened. Well, <laughs> that's the only right, thing I we guess got right. It's now not that such it's, a lost cause. Well, okay, so now that it's down to just two teams, let's see if we can get it right. <laughs> I have no hope in this one. <laughs> Either, and give me a score prediction to it. And if you if you say thirty seven, thirty four Eagles, then um, I'm sorry, Matt, but you're an NFL conspiracy theorist. <laughs> you know what? I kind of want to do it now just because I can. <laughs> No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 21-28, Kansas City. I'm gonna write that down. Matt says 28-21, Chiefs. And I am gonna go with. Let's say, how about 26-23, Eagles. I think sure. they just have, um, yeah, of course, there's a lot more that goes into it than just the rosters on paper. But to me, the Eagles, they have it on both sides of the ball. And uh, defense could cause some problems for Mahomes. I like it. I like that we're going opposite ways with this. And I feel like <laughs> these scores are these scores are good. They're high scoring, but they both also allow for the potential in OT. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Did we get OT in the Super Bowl last year? Or I forget now. I already forgot. I can't remember what we did last week. And there wasn't even a football game last week. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So uh, where will you be watching, Matt? Will you be watching? I assume yes. (laughs) I will definitely be doing my best. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. I will be doing my best too, battling the kids for the TV. <laughs> like, no, we want to watch Peppa Pig or whatever. <laughs> you know what? I almost want to watch that instead. I want to watch you battle with the kids. I had to clarify that. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to go binge watch Peppa Pig on YouTube after this. <laughs> I really don't appreciate the judgment. <laughs> no judgment. I've seen enough of that show by now. I could put an episode on. I could probably tell you what's going to happen because I've seen it 10 times. Okay. There's a massive distinctive difference between us though. (laughs) Okay. I can think of a few. (laughs) I don't like, 
okay, you know what? I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> I don't even know why I use that as, as an example. Adeline's been really into uh, Pokemon lately, which, you know, honestly, and it's the one from our childhood, the, the original cartoon that we grew up with. Yes. So, you know what? I don't mind watching prouder it. prouder of you as a parent. I'll just put the Super Bowl on my tiny little cell phone screen and we'll, <laughs> we'll watch Ash uh, and his Pikachu battle it out with Team Rocket on the big screen. That's fine. <laughs> I find these terms acceptable. Very good. I will bring my report next week as to what happens there, and uh, you can tell us what happened in the Super Bowl. How about that? <laughs> All of a sudden, I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> That's what Mahomes is going to be saying by the end of it. Boom. Go Birds. <laughs> you know, if you weren't so analytical and good at your job, I'd fire you from the podcast. Can you fire me from my real job? <laughs> Please. <laughs> you can come work for me, but I don't know how you feel about physical labor. I was going to say, do you guys need an app? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, then. Because <laughs> it's going to be a no on the physical labor, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you don't want to come install flooring? Flooring, floor, decor, none of it. No, thank you. <laughs> So on that note, let's all enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll be back with you sometime soon to recap it and um, look ahead to the offseason, which arguably is just as exciting as the regular season at this point. Oh, my God. It's my favorite time of the year. (laughs) So we'll talk to you then. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Bye. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.